left my home back in Omaha to see if I could make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. And I'm not welcome in New York. But I must stop back in Omaha. Where the fans they always crying out for. Right. Welcome to the January 25th, 2006 podcast of the Metropole. Which is the actual number. Right. That's right. For those of you keeping score at home. Paper anniversary or something? What anniversary is this? Is 14th a big anniversary of some kind? I mean, there's something. The first 15, they have everything. The pubescent anniversary of the Met Report. There you go. <laughs> it's tremendous. It's like, uh, yeah, we're turning 14. We're, we're getting a little angsty, getting a little hormonal. Our voices are going to start cracking any second. Hello. Very hot. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, right, exactly. God. Of course. A- Andy's voice is always cracking on the. Uh, that's right? right. It's always Ooh. pinging anyway. Ooh. Ooh. So, what's going sure. on out there in the listening world? We definitely want to thank uh, everybody who's uh, tuned in, and we especially want to send a shout-out this week to Odeo.com, because we have, we're not going to name them, but we have some uh, increased numbers of subscribers uh, who have gotten through us to us through Odeo, so we want to thank them and uh, want to give them a shout-out, and we want to thank everyone who's tuning in and listening. We really appreciate it, and um, yeah, so. Do you still have that uh, Mepalades music, Russ? For accolades, <laughs> methylates. Can we cue that up? Because we are a staff pick of Odeo, not just like That's right. Audio. That's right, we are. But we are a staff pick. We are up right. there with Penn, Penn and Teller. And, uh, it was sort of a club. strange experiment last time. Didn't really come through because I had to blast it on my <laughs> speakers. <laughs> I'm, speaking a little, I'm speaking a little Australian today because we just listened to a new theme song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we're going to introduce to you in a little bit. And oh, uh, it's got me uh, talking weird. No, I don't know I love why. He's referring, of course, to Old Man Emu. And the problem with this is that we've just, as you may have noticed from last week and this week, that we now have a new theme so that we don't get in trouble with the record industry, may they burn in hell. And uh, so that's what we have as a new theme, which is legal. Because <laughs> that won't be trouble. Because <laughs> that won't be trouble. Now, is that um, slander or libel? <laughs> I know. Well, fortunately, I have the right to say it, and nobody that I know has patented a song called May They Burn in Hell. And if they have, I didn't sing the right notes, so you lose. <laughs> you lose, Wetfoot! Well, they were um, the organization named <laughs> well, the burn in hell. We hate uh, them every day. They ruin our music and copyright, But this, the problem with this song I is mean, that you can we can't... cover it. It's <laughs> just their recording. That's right. Well, that's, that's the thing the is that we... can't do. The thing is, we can't. We should sing Omaha in a big group. I know, seriously. Well, that's the thing is that we can't put this song that you guys are singing. We can't put it up there because if we do, we'll be violating the R I A B Q D X Y screw over people who like you know music thing. So we can't do that. So we have to put up. Do you have an opinion on this, Greg? I can't quite catch the stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not a big. Did I did I mention to you that in the last podcast in the beginning when you said that we should make a meaty file that sounds like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For some reason, I that phrase when you did that like stuck in my head for the whole week, and I couldn't stop thinking of you going. Oh my god! <laughs> so I think we need to do that somehow because it's, something needs to come to fruition to turn my brain off from just singing me the weird meaty <laughs> Omaha song. <laughs> well, some people call it a sling blade. I call it an Omaha. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you want something new to fill your brain. I have yeah. the announcement of the century, and I'm gonna Ooh. I'm gonna lead off with this right here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Sponsored by Russ Guberman and perhaps no one else. Uh. In February 2006, the official press release is out. Coming only to theaters near you. What's the bleep? The sequel down the rabbit hole. <laughs> the next what? Evolution. Oh That's right. no! Are you serious? Go now. To www.whattheBleep.com, and you will see the poster for the next evolution, shooting lasers out of your eyes with the Rump, the School of okay. Enlightenment. Can I, ladies and gentlemen? I think 
I think we need a small <laughs> synopsis because we actually recorded this it's one, true. but it didn't come through. And nobody oh, really right, knows what we're right. talking about. Oh, that's right, that's right. Which it's is true. So, Russ, okay. that's all you. Russ's Adventures <laughs> with Rampa. Take one. Oh, my God. I, I hate telling stories over again. Here's basically what happened, okay? I saw the movie randomly downloading it on my computer because we're all pirates here. And no, we're not. I was like, this is... <laughs> yo, and the yo, movie, for those of you fortunate enough to not have seen it, the movie is basically a very weird description of quantum mechanics and how you can use quantum mechanics and apply them to your own personal life to do better, to make yourself into a better person. And the problem with the logic in the movie is it says that, you know, since quantum mechanics means that a butterfly flapping its wings in China affects weather patterns in North America, then the consequence of that argument in the movie is, and therefore, if you think good thoughts, you'll be able to, like, levitate and be a cool person or something like that. They just say, well, if one thing can cause other things, then you can cause anything, and meaning you're Superman or something. But sure. Which is fine for a... What does any of this have to do with quantum mechanics? That's, oh, he's getting well, there. That's a brilliant question, and the the answer is very little. But <laughs> you know, it was sort of like a new agey movie. People, you know, maybe people a little bit like story who are not big fans of science and what they tell us may have been duped by this movie into believing that science actually means that all weird spiritual things are true because whatever you believe and the tooth fairy all come together into one giant amorphous blob and. Have, make things happen for you. I don't know. Hence but the French translation, what the bleep does the oh, tooth fairy know? You were taken in by this, too. <laughs> don't pawn yeah. this all off on me. You were the one who actually saw and pursued the movie. So, and, so and the went beyond history it. is fun, but... <laughs> exactly. Went beyond pursuit. So, Hot you pursuit. You were the one who was part tickets was. to Yelm. <laughs> At the time, I have to say, the movie sounded kind of cool, and there were certain precepts and beliefs of the movie that sort of adhered to things that I believe in in real life and then they took me a little bit down the rabbit hole as they say and at the end of the movie when they're doing the credits and they're like basically it's like half documentary half Marley Matlin drama who's that deaf actress if you saw her in that episode of Seinfeld you know who I'm talking about or other random sitcoms or whatever that she's been on Um, at the end of the movie they give a little synopsis of all these people who were in the documentary of what they do. And you expect them all to be well-known, well-established scientists. But it turns out that, like, some of them were like Jimmy Flabu, who went to, you know, Omaha Community College and took a class on physics one time. And that's, like, one of the major guys featured in the thing. So you're like, what? But then the last one, this lady, whose name is Jay-Z Knight, who gave all these impassioned speeches about how you can change your life through the power of positive thinking, blah, blah, blah. It's listed her credentials as being from the Ramtha School of Enlightenment. It would list her as like a master of such school. So I was like, what? What? Ramtha what? So I looked it up. I Googled it. They have a website with a really weirdo flash video of people with blindfolds like shooting bows and arrows into apples. And I read a little bit about it. And it's like this weird organization that's based in Yelm, Washington. And they had like conferences explaining what they do all around the country, and it turned out that when they were traveling all around the country, they were in my neighborhood here in Beverly Hills, like three blocks from here, the very next day after I had randomly downloaded this movie onto my computer. So, so it was like, an oh, omen. It was an omen. beckoning. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was like, oh, fate is beckoning to me, and the tooth fairy and new agey <laughs> philosophies have come to affect my life, and now I must go to see this thing and whatever they do. That and the fact so that you wanted to short, be able to shoot laser beams out of your hands. That was the other key, too, right? Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. You, can, you can't you can't wait for that to like to gain that skill. You need that now. Is the key. You guys should do the clue thing to me when I go. Long story short, you should be like too late. Um, <laughs> too late. I, uh, that would yeah. be <laughs> too late. So long story short, I went to the whatever Hilton, a few blocks from here on La Cienega, and there was a conference of very odd-looking, obviously seekers, people who did not feel comfortable where they were in life. They needed some answers that hadn't been fulfilled, which is fine. And we proceeded to be lectured for three hours by a lineup of snake oil salesmen promising us various things from being able to shoot laser beams out of our eyes to being able to do things such as, quote-unquote, translocate and biolocate, meaning you would disappear and reappear somewhere else by Mm -hmm. force of will. Um... Oh, gosh. They, they said they had a guy who was with them for like 10 years who could predict every single card that was flipped over from a deck of cards without fail because he just practiced until he was really, really good at it. 
and that's what he wanted to do. Okay. And the it was just like such a revivalist atmosphere. Like the guy would say something, and then he would like get the crowd. And if you agree that the Bible is dumb, say yeah. And they're like, yeah. Now, if you agree that science means that you can melt someone's face because you want to, say yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. No. <laughs> if you agree that you're going to stay with us for the weekend where we'll blindfold you and have you wandering around our conference room for $500, say yeah. And they're like, yeah. And so they all got signed up for some crazy weekend conference at the hotel, which I didn't. I was just there for the free portion of it. And that, my friends, is what the bleep do we know is. It is an infomercial for a cult known as the Rampa School of Enlightenment. We've made lots of fun have of it over the course Rampa of that report. yet? Oh, my God, no. Okay. I mean, that's the big one. Besides all these crazy things of what you can do and the powers and the reasons that quantum mechanics allow you to become Cyclops from X-Men, then somebody, like, casually asked about Rampa, like, what is Rampa, right? And so this guy who claimed to be... What the bleep, please. What Yeah, right. I'm my mad. What the bleep is Rampa? What the bleep? What the bleep? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get a little uh, giant flying beaver school of enlightenment if you're not careful. I no, know. no, no! I, I'm Quote just trying unquote, to reference the the movie. During itself. the yeah, lecture, right. yes, I got that. He calls yes. himself a sciency guy. He almost said, "I'm a scientist," but he knew it would be lying, so he cut himself off and said, "I'm a sciency guy, so I know this." I just thought that was a funny line when he's, "I'm a sciency guy," and he says, "Someone's like, well, what is Rampa?" And he's like, "Oh, oh no, Rampa! No, that's just the thirty thousand year old reincarnated Atlantean warrior." who inhabits the body of Jay-Z Knight, who is a housewife from Washington. And he did this in the 70s. And ever since then, she has been Jay-Z Knight plus reincarnated Atlantean warrior from 30,000 years ago. Who, you know, and those guys, you know, you've heard of them. Those are the eight-foot-tall guys with blue eyes, and they carry on tridents, I guess, and have Cyclops' powers or something. And so you them in the Rampa game, is. Dark Age of Camelot. <laughs> very possibly, very possibly. And this is this, and he just said it just so matter-of-factly. Oh no, you know she goes into a trance, and then Rampa comes out of her body, and he tells you what he wants to do, and and uh, yeah, and so this is, you know, it became popular when New Agey stuff was really coming into its own, like in the late '70s. But they've built up quite an empire on on the, on the backs of these people who want to learn how to shoot bow and arrows blindfolded, and you know do a wave fist punch because they played Street Fighter Two a few too many times, and yeah. Do the so flame! Uh, exactly. Hadouken! Hadouken! You know what I loved about that, incidentally? If you read the instruction booklet for Street Fighter 2, <laughs> there are two different explanations as to why Dalsim can do the fire. One is he uses, you know, like Zen power to bring forth the fire from his belly. And the other one is that he eats lots of spicy food before each match. I always thought that was funny. I remember that one. Did you did you exactly did you just se- did you just segue from what the bleep do you know to Street Fighter without missing a beat? I want to make sure that we're clear that that's what just happened. I think well, they're two it, equally equally credible things, both equally <laughs> credible. They both <laughs> I know exist. exactly or not. Well, you know what I was going to say was so the problem I have with your story though is when you say that you were like you know well and they're just a cult, but the thing is like did anybody like biolocate or translocate or like shoot eye but like shoot lasers out of their eyes like what you know. Do you have any proof that they didn't do right. these things? Because clearly the, well, the proof like, should be on you to prove observer. that it's not true. That clearly <laughs> should be where the proof lies. Not on them to prove they can do it, I, but on you to prove they can't. I sense the influence of the flying beaver in your remarks, my friend. Um, <laughs> Don't yeah, question like, the, the flying beaver. The sitting there and being like, okay, how about instead of lecturing us for four hours... You just bring in one guy who can levitate a frickin' racquetball above his head for f- ten seconds, and then everyone would be like, sign me up, here's my credit card, whatever, take it, here's my social security number, I want to do that, <laughs> and teach me how to do that. If they had done this, Russ would be living in Yelm, Washington right now. <laughs> I know, <laughs> we would have lost Russ forever. <laughs> there would be no map report. There would be Russ occasionally saying hi to us through a letter that was, you know, washed down a river. That, to yeah, that, <laughs> that night, would be our I would have whipped off an email to these guys being like, uh, guys, I'm moving to Yelp to learn how to have superpowers. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Hi, friends. It's day 500 at the camp, and I've learned so many wonderful things here. Everyone's so friendly and kind. And already I've learned to levitate Hello, rocks with my, my mind. <laughs> Hello, Father. Here I am. Oh. 
What a bleeper. Do you, is, this is a... Uh, you know. It's like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Kindly disregard the smell. Oh, jeez. Did you... Did actually have on the webpage, they nice, have a nice guest work. book entry about, uh, about this uh, movie, the new movie. So this is what she has to say. And it's just cracking me up because I was thinking about what Russ was just saying about the kind of people that were here. I was fortunate to be one of the people to preview the second movie. Awesome! The energy of the room was phenomenal. Since then, I understand more of the first movie, but I have more questions. Just for kicks, I was playing around with my own random number generator test. A co-worker and I share requests that come into the department. She takes the odd number requests, and I take the even number requests. The requests sometimes skip numbers, so it's not unusual to get three three or four in a row that are odd numbered and vice versa. I put up Dr. Inamoto's Water Crystals of Compassion and Love. This is one of the things in the first movie. On my wall to help me put myself in proper place. And I put out an intention that the request should swing towards odd numbers. We got a record ten requests in a row that are odd numbered. Hee hee hee. That has never happened before. My coworker mentioned something about a conspiracy. Just before I hit him in the face and dragged his limp body into the closet where no one would find him again. Oh my yeah, god, is what is wrong with these people? Of Ramtha is that it incorporates every silly new agey type device that you can imagine. Like you you're like if you go to Ramtha, a meeting, and you're like well, I've worked mostly in the power of crystals for the last 15 years. They'll be like, hop on board, we got crystal people. And then somebody else is like, well, I believe in the Mojo Man. And they're like, oh, the Mojo Man over there, that's room 12. And then somebody <laughs> else is like, well, I'm into Mr. Yakamoto's theories of emotion water. And they're like, yes, emotion water, that was in our first movie, we absolutely believe in that as well. It's like, is there anything you don't believe in? Oh, free things. Complimentary <laughs> items. <laughs> I mean, like, they they have, like, a list of, like, testimonials, and they have people who are described as, they describe the gender, then where they're from, and then their age. And then other cases, they decide to skip that, and they just make them avatars of the place where they're from. So, the implications are mind-boggling. I'm stimulated and inspired. Yeah, exactly. I'm stimulated and inspired by the message. (laughs) Female, Olympia, age 51 to 60. I really thought it was fabulous. Tucson viewer. So all of a sudden we've like leaped to Tucson. That's that's what's happening. I believe... That oh. actually became a hermaphrodite with their mind, though. Cool blend of that's Syrian science and wacky fiction. Male PhD, age 31 to 40. Why the hell are they giving a range? He could be 31, but with our <laughs> ability, he could become 40. Or any age in between. <laughs> These people are all range. They're, they're the only doing 10 that. Years with Ramtha. I mean, what? They're well, only doing really that, Greg, to anymore. be fair, so we can't positively identify you. And why would they not want to be positively identified? Female high school student, no, age you. 20 and under, Olympia. Age 20 and under? Wait a minute, that sounds just like what Julie would say. Like, I mean, what are they doing? Yeah, another mechanism of the school. <laughs> that's my, just my latest personal ad, actually. <laughs> nice. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Looking for age 20 and under. That's good work. That's good work. Greg, you- you keep bringing up all of these uh, evil flashbacks from my time, the, the night with the cult. And uh, another mechanism that they use is since Jay-Z Knight was a woman starting this movement, she made it into sort of a feminist movement. She said, you know, well, basically God or Ramtha, whatever you want to call him, inhabited her, a woman. And he was totally fine with that. And he's like, sometimes it's a woman, sometimes it's a man. And in fact, if you ask the people from Ramtha, most of their higher-ups, their whatever grandmaster laser beamy people are older women are like grandmothers and this is probably because a they're buddies of jay-z knight and want like a bigger cut of the romp the money but also as a byproduct of that it's like a women's empowerment new agey movement so that's fun too wow what do you what how do you pronounce the name it's rompsa romptha what what how do, how rompha. do you r-a-m-t-h-a romptha romptha sounds like a freaking mm-hmm. rabbit out of watership down doesn't it story Ramtha, I can't... Uh, <laughs> hey, man, don't go associating this stuff with Watership Down. Don't go there. Listen it's to already the des- been pawned off the stuff that I tend to believe in already. Uh, too much. <laughs> Listen to this description. The 14 top scientists and mystics interviewed in What the Bleep Do You Know serve as a modern-day Greek chorus. What? You mean they walk around and comment no, they, on they the action? The end. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. you know. <laughs> what do they sing? Um, Let's you know, do the time warp! Is that what they sing? <laughs> oh Since boy. we're obviously on a, a very new-agey theme for this particular podcast, I want to direct you guys to one of my newly favorite websites that you've never seen before, I guarantee it. It is called the Global Consciousness Project. It can be found at Ooh, HTTP. 
nosphere.princeton.edu. It's actually new sphere, so it's n-o-o-s-p-h-e-r-e.princeton.edu. I like their I'll new spelling the- of new. Global correlations in random data. Registering coherence idea. and residence oh, in the world. Are they going to say that there's a magic eye picture? That's what it's going to say. It's like if you look really closely into this picture. <laughs> I knew it! Then a three-dimensional object I will knew pop it. out at you. Look, this it's a boat! This is really revolutionary stuff. The answer to the world is a boat! <laughs> Wait, I don't see boat. it. I don't see it. I think I see a The a world is oh, a schooner. Oh, mate. There's That's the sail. That's the answer to life. <laughs> what is the riddle of life? A schooner. We are all a schooner. Okay, so what oh, the, what's the whole deal here? They're playing along at home. They're a bunch of computers stationed around the world, affiliated with major universities and getting major funding. Like, and they spit out random numbers. They just do zero one zero zero one zero one zero one. In fact, that exact string all the time. And no, they just spew random numbers out. And the just theory zero is one or during lots of numbers. No, it's coin flippy. It's coin flippy numbers. Okay. So it's, you know, binary. Sure. Binary, for those of you who are science Or science guys. Right. If you're a science guy, you would call it binary. <laughs> you're a science guy. <laughs> right. And so the theory goes that when major events happen in the world that are uh, impactful to humans, points of strife, uh, natural disasters, wars, um, even large meditations, but less to, to a lesser extent then the random number strings generated by these computers all over the world start going haywire, and you get, like, really unusual strings of numbers. Like, you'll have 10,000 straight ones or something like that during these times of strife. And so the theory is that somehow the, ne- the human collective consciousness is, like, affecting these machines, and that these machines are able to pick up on some other level of existence. I see. Um... So, is this proven with anything? Like, have they has for one? Is it true? Well, this is the study. Okay. Yeah, they have a they have a little chart charty thing here. Let me see where I can find it. If you go to the um, I see it. Results, I see it. I guess twenty four hours surrounding the India train crash. Yeah, go to the results of individual events. Okay. And then it'll you'll see like embassy bombings and global peace vigil, which was a very famous thing, and, and yeah, they have like a scale as far as how impactful it was on the random number. Yeah, but thing. I, okay. Now I, I recognize that there's a reason that I went into English and not science. <laughs> but I'm looking at the 24 hours surrounding India train crash, and I see no difference whatsoever in any of it, except it's the same random graph. In fact, it looks very much like what uh-huh. I was trying to convince you that you live near Clement Island, Russ. That's more or less what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Russ had oh. an earthquake, highlight number one. Right. Uh, poor geologists. W- where I mean. Am I missing something? Compared with the global consciousness people. Do you see the listing where it shows all the, it says table two results for individual events, and then it shows each uh, whatever event, and then that one column called Z-score. Z-score basically defines how weird from the norm the random numbers were going. So if you have a number over or under one, it was like really crazy, and those should be like really insane events, like group mind meditation two. Which, which had scored a negative two on the Z-score. That's a really score. big world event. <laughs> I mean, the world or, really impacted when five people get in a room and meditate. I can tell you where I was <laughs> so, during group meditation. Depends on the five two, people man. story. Crazy Seriously, times. man. You get, you get Gandhi, like Buddha, and Jesus in a room, and you got some disruption. Too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, wait. Yeah, so what we should clearly do, what we clearly have to do is see whether or not we can find a chart for every Wednesday between, say, 8 and 9 Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> and if there's a big difference, <laughs> then we know. Uh, the the Vep Report and the Global Consciousness Project. Oh, this is yeah. the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life. This doesn't mean anything. None of these charts mean anything. To be fair, the website you were but just at, whatthebleep.com, might be more ludicrous. Story's wife paid for this study, Greg. <laughs> what? It's true. Oh, that's Winston true, yeah. Alum. Yeah, that's true. My wife, an alum, yeah, that's true. She was helping fund it. Yeah, and good job by her. This message. <laughs> Freaking nice work there. What the hell is this? Uh, G- yeah. The GCP basket observer? What are these people on crack? What the hell is this thing? No, whenever there's a basket made, that's like a really big impact. I guess. The baskets, man. So crappy yeah. movie, crappy theory, 
crappy philosophy, crappy cult. I think that's how it good works. Good cult. I was going to say good cult. If you like oh, cult, yeah, effective, this one's the winner. Cult, I mean, right. if you're looking for cults, how many cults do you know that have two mainstream movies that have pawned them off as being not culty at all? Okay. That's, that's effective culting. So, right so wait a minute. Impressive. Go to this thing. These guys could be a recognized religion in like ten years. Go, go to the. Whoa, whoa! Something just happened. Go to this thing. Greg cannot <laughs> stop the oh fascination with the Greg's GCP. random here. number Greg generator has gone haywire. He is go to the, G- the random number Go to the GCP basket Ladies observer. And gentlemen, go to the GCP basket observer. And it loads this Java applet, which shows all these different numbers and stuff, but then it sounds like a heartbeat, and every so often it goes, ding, when, like, some number correlation has existed. So it's like somewhere in the world something has happened. It sounds kind of like a... I've never seen that part of it before. It sounds like a heartbeat. This is really disturbing. I'm going to shut this off now. That's really disturbing. Maybe... Dude, a zombie's about to jump out of your screen. Greg, know, turn it off. Turn it off. I know exactly. <laughs> oh my god. This is this, this is actually just a big flash video that, that Russ has got. No kidding. Oh, that would have been brilliant. That would have been brilliant. I was gonna that. say this should have been just one big elaborate ruse for me to set up a flash that video been for awesome. story to you watch. You totally would have oh, had me too. I blew it. You totally would have had me. Yep. This time, you could have had me. And then you would have lost my friendship, and I never would have spoken to you again. But you would have really gotten me good on the way. That would have been... I mean, really, you had me over a barrel, because I totally went to the side immediately thereafter. Wow. That was an opportunity, man. Oh, oh Greg, I just opened the GCP bullet. basket observer. You see what I'm it saying? It looks like some kind of like old industrial mechanism from the 19th century. I know! Some like weird... With, oh man, this is great! I don't know what it is, but it's entertaining. This is actually like <laughs> this is actually like a method of getting vengeance upon people who destroyed the robber barons. Like the late night, they're nineteenth century. They're like, at one time we shall return. And they're all like back now, like Boss Tweed and everybody sitting in some room somewhere, like you know, setting up this whole Java applet to screw people over and regain their power. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> This random support systems of the robber barons in stasis (laughs) sitting somewhere in a room. (laughs) (laughs) Put up random numbers in a row will revive John D. Rockefeller. That's it. Followed by Andrew Carnegie Mellon. This random theory (laughs) brought to you by the MEP report and what the bleep do you know? Thank you. Uh, so now that we've completely ditched our audience entirely, can we go back to yeah. something that other people are actually thinking about, which is, of course, sure. our obligatory, we have to do an obligatory Super Bowl preview, because that's what people do. Yeah, with my so, Steelers, or, baby. I mean, I Greg, your, household could, but your household is in turmoil, yeah. Greg. This yeah. is the first it's true. husband versus wife. I know. It is. I it know. really is. It's cl- hot, clear, you guys, you guys would not believe that was very disturbed how ridiculously... <laughs> Competitive, Greg gets about this with Clea when when Clea's clearly not even into it. Because I was watching football with him last week, and Clea said something like, "Wow, it's been a, it's been a long time since the since the Steelers have been to a Super Bowl." And Greg's response was something to the effect of, "Well, your loser city hasn't sent anybody <laughs> to any kind of playoffs ever." <laughs> I, I think well, I think my exact words were once you can pronounce the word Super Bowl that might be something worth doing. Remember this is a franchise that I actually saw they shut down their previous Here stadium by bringing out people like <laughs> Dave Craig. For those of you who don't know, Dave Craig is the man who's known for having the smallest hands at quarterback position in the history of the NFL. Thus, he had the most fumbles in the history of the NFL. This was their second biggest football star in the history of Seattle football. So, the Steelers, Greg, four like Super Bowls, who passes by the, the Seahawks, kids that, that, that usually so get much. beaten up, and finds the kid in the wheelchair and glasses. And, and, and knocks his wheelchair over, takes off his glasses and steps on him and says, See, you can't fight. You can't fight. I like your analogy, Andy. The Seahawks are very much like a kid in a wheelchair wow. with glasses. That's a very good analogy. Thanks for giving it to see? me. See? <laughs> no, oh, the truth man. is, I actually, you know, I, so I, I really I like... I really like Seattle, um, actually, in a lot of ways, and they're kind of my favorite NFC team. But, you know, they're against the Steelers, and so I'm kind of <laughs> honor-bound to root for the Steelers. What could I say, you know? I'm just happy that it's not the same and, crap uh, team. Well, why beat anyone up rooting for the Seahawks on the way? What's that? Why, why beat up on them? I mean, Well, they're a good team. Great. They could they're win this game. Team, so. No, 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 no. They're a very good team. They could sure, easily win this game. They're going to win this game. They're a very no, good team. They could win this game. As a franchise, they're not a great franchise. So why... 
what's the point? I mean, what's the point in trying to make somebody feel bad about a, a franchise that clearly has, they have very little to be proud of so far? Well, I'm just sort of establishing the conditions under which they have to root for a team. I mean, you know, they have the right to sort of occasionally, you know, wave their little pennant or whatever, their little flag, and say, you know, we're doing a good job. But just remember that when the big boys come to town, it's time for them to go home. That's that's all. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, I mean, I actually no, but I no, we it's can true. Wave our little pennant. That's fantastic. Well, the Mariners now, can't story. wave it because you, they've never rooting, actually I'm won a pennant. You're so. rooting for. I'm assuming the story's rooting for the Seahawks, even though I've never heard him ever oh, talk about a personal absolutely. rooting interest for football. I'm I'm not huge on the Seahawks. I probably honestly like the uh, like the 49ers more, but and I'm not really into any particular football team particularly. I don't really. I never followed football until probably the last four. Or five I paid you for a Raiders fan story. Only be to play. For <laughs> uh, I yeah. paid you for a Raiders fan. They've got yeah, all the. That's where all the criminals and crooks it's are. True. And as we know, you love this. This is actually true, folks. Like, in basketball, Story roots for teams that have the highest percentage of criminals he can find. Like, okay. Rasheed Wallace. He's like, anyone who's committed uh, a crime, side up. up their Confusing ass. Story with <laughs> me by Detroit. No, no, not the Jive uh, Turkey. Yeah, I was going to say. Story was a Jive it's, Turkey it's well before Russ was. Trailblazers. That's all it is. No, David Stoudemire. Like and the Blazers went through a bad stretch. All those people are gone now, though. All those people are gone. Now we have Zach Randolph. We have people who can't play the game, but at least they're <laughs> exactly. not going to jail. And it doesn't I mean, stop you from drafting those people on your team fantasy team. It doesn't stop you from drafting those people on your fantasy team. You're like, yeah, Rasheed, you're on my team. Come on, big fella. He's like, all right, first let me punch this man in the face. All right, Rasheed, you go. Hey, all right, Rasheed, let's yeah. I want to cover the rest of the obligatory NBA discussion. Oh. But we're going to do it all at the same time. Kobe. So please please make your comments about the Kobe 81-point game and the Ron Artest trade fiasco in the same sentence. Go. Kobe Bryant is a better player than Ron Artest with his 81 points as opposed to Ron Artest's 81 technical fouls. Thank you. <laughs> Ron Artest is 81 times the team player that Kobe Bryant will ever be. <laughs> nice. That was well done there. Mr. Terrell. Drew? Andy? Uh, uh, Sorry, that's your sentence. <laughs> Ron Artest <laughs> Not has... to put you on the spot or anything. Ron Artest has uh, embarrassed his team 81 times more yeah. than Kobe has... There you go. Women. There you go. And that's because Ron Artest has <laughs> <embarrassed his laughs> 162 times. Booyah, there you go. Oh, that's the winner. St. John's alum right there, Ron Artest. St. John's alum. No, I mean, seriously, on the very, Kobe thing... Very interesting correlation... Oh, great. Russ, do yours. That occurred to me also. Russ, do you want to go? Which is, I would, I would, I was just going to say something to the effect of uh, Kobe Bryant is an embarrassment to his team and should not be traded for Paige Stoyakovich. To sort of incorporate both stories. No, to oh. incorporate both stories into one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> makes no sense. But I mean, uh, you would not trade Kobe for, for Paige. That's, that's a tough, uh, tough call. To be fair... Honestly, though, if you take a look at it, and I'm not a big Kobe guy either, but I have to say, his team was down when he started this run, and I have to say, the guy scored 81 freaking points. I mean, like, that's Will Chamberlain, who was like seven foot six when everyone else was five foot five or something like that. I mean, he scored 100 points, and then Kobe Bryant is the next. I I'd, I'd never thought we would see someone score that many points. I mean, granted, it's selfish and everything else, the game? but he's an incredible player. I saw the last five minutes of the highlights. And, and he could have done it twice in the last few weeks. I mean, they pulled him out of that game when he had 60-some-odd in the right. after three quarters. Well, I mean, as it is. He might yep. have scored over 80 points twice in a few weeks. Yeah, and as it is, he only played 42 minutes situation? in this game. He only played 42 minutes, you, you could, know? You could not conceive of a bet. If you were, like, from scratch trying to put together a situation where a guy would break Wilt's record, this is how you do it. Yep. You take the most selfish player in the NBA... Who was also surround him with to no be one. a Hall of Famer and an All Star. You surround him with no one. You make the second best player on his team, who is of star caliber, a guy who through his entire career has opted to pass the ball before shooting it and try to dish it. And then with those two guys, you surround them with a bunch of youngsters who just have their you know their jaw open whenever they play with Kobe to begin with and defer to him on every single play, no matter what. And then you make it so that yep. the only way for them to win is for Kobe to shoot 40 times well, a game. Well, and, and that, that's and, and you works. also put them up against the Raptors. That's the last thing that you forgot. Um, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that didn't, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. But the thing didn't is, hurt. though, I, did you guys hear what he said after the game? Morris Peterson? I know, I know, my bad. Uh, Chris <laughs> Bosh. Did you hear what, what Kobe said after the game? Bosh is good. This cracked me up. 
Kobe actually said, I didn't even think about it because for me, it's all about the W. And he did not fall over or get hit by lightning. He actually said it's all about the W. A man who took 46 yeah, the shots. was really great. Because 46 shots. He talked about how he was like, this is a dream come true for me. <laughs> this is the most special moment of my life. But really, I'm glad we got the W. Exactly. Aren't all your comments based on Uh, the fact that you just scored 80 points? He's like, well, it's all about the W. And I say this after every win. I say this is the greatest moment of my life. We won a game, and I'm so happy to be born that I could play in this one game that we beat this random game. I'd like to thank my mom and dad for having me so I could beat the Toronto Raptors and scored 25 points. I have been just as happy 22 times this season. Exactly. And I expect to be just as happy about about 20 more times this season. I I am a constantly elated man. He should have just gotten but to the podium, to, to the, uh, you know, and been like, I am the man. That's what he should have said. It just walked off. That's what he was thinking. Here's the thing, and tell me if I'm, like, way off track here, guys. Wilt Chamberlain, the man who has, like, the, you know, three out of the four highest scoring games ever, right. famously slept with 10,000 women. Right. Okay? Consensually. Kobe famously slept with one woman, not consensually, and he gained about you know, an umpteen times amount of power off of that one encounter <laughs> that Will took 10,000 women to reach, and then they both became the two highest-scoring single-game players in the NBA history. Maybe that's, that's the secret, I think. Is this a bad reference to what, to do with that. what the bleep do you know I reference? I think all basketball players are onto that secret already, unfortunate <laughs> for the theory. I, I mean, if that were true, every basketball player would be scoring, you know, consistently 60, 70 points a night. Yep. One of the podcasts. Well, the 10,000 I mean, women, for the European though, ones. The European ones, They're two aberrations. Because, yeah, NBA players, they get their, their share, but Wilt slept with 10,000 women, and Kobe raped a woman. And those are both aberrations from the NBA norm. You don't think, so like, maybe half the NBA has raped a woman? I was going to say, well, they had, they had a thing on one of the oh podcasts God. I listened to that actually had this thing where it's like, you know, hello, and welcome to the NBA. If you'd like to find out how many paternity tests you owe, please press 1. If you'd like to know how many women are claiming you're the father of their baby, please press 2. I mean, like, clearly the NBA has a public relations problem at the least. You know, there's more than one person who's raped and or slept with ridiculous amounts of women in the NBA. I think if there were, and if there were more the, rape the cases Kobe level than rape. women... I mean, if rape is women just like would be getting trying to some girl back though. to your room... Do you know what I mean? I mean, now if, they, now if they felt that there was rape they would be looking for the money. And so we would, these would be publicized in the media. They wouldn't, you know. Oh, come on. They would I absolutely mean, I, be publicized. A lot, of these girls, a lot of these girls are probably, like, young and pretty dumb. And, you know, they, they don't have any proof and it's embarrassing. I, I don't know. You have to have some I kind think of proof. It's if you're just a girl who slept with some guy, you know, some basketball player after, you know, after a game, especially before this happened, before you even knew there could be money. I, I mean, I don't know if you do anything about I think they would just automatically go after money, especially like as soon as they told their family or friends well, maybe about they it. Do. The first thing would be to go take him to the bank. I think would be the first impulse. They get paid off, isn't that what Kobe said about Shaq? That Shaq's paid women up to a million dollars just to go away. Of course, Kobe. That, that, Kobe's that the one who said this, of course. <laughs> yeah, take it with a huge grain of salt. But you don't think that happens? That they get, you know, probably. Gets money thrown at them, and for some of them, uh, you know, they, if they get five hundred dollars thrown at them, that'll be enough, you know. Well, what do you think about your what in your neck of the woods, Russ? About you guys heard about Isaiah Thomas, who's been accused of sexual harassment by someone who used to work in the Knicks front office, apparently. Really, I hadn't even heard about that. Yep, just was filed. Yeah. The suit was filed today. Did the you hear about the other part I of heard that? Was that Antonio Davis may be off the team now that his suspension is over? They may just Did you hear about him. the other Isaiah Thomas wow. thing that came out with that? This woman, the other allegation she made? What's that? What's that, that Isaiah Thomas gets groups of opposing players who are his, uh, he knows through you know friends, and he, he takes them out or, or has them taken out on nights on the town so they'll be drunk and hungover for the next day. And he specifically asked this woman in his office to schedule more noon games on Sundays. Because that way they would even be, be more sluggish and more drunk when it came time. And he, he had the specific plan that he would get all the, the best players in the opposing team drunk for Sunday day games. It sounds really absurd, but this is her claim. I think and he should be uh, working more on his skills as a GM. I was going to say, this is far smarter. Plan exactly. This is far drunk. smarter than Isaiah Thomas is, Isaiah is capable Thomas of, in my view. Now? <laughs> yes, story. He's been the GM. Yes, he's been the GM in the Knicks for a couple of years now. 13 
and 26 Knicks. The yeah, 13 exactly. and 26 Knicks. This has been a really exactly. effective policy. Oh, come on now. Get your opponents drunk now you're being, and drop the rest of the ball. You're being really unfair to Isaiah Thomas. This is the same guy who successfully destroyed the CBA and who ran the Detroit Pistons into the ground, uh, the Pacers into the ground when he was GM. I mean, this guy has got a track record right. of mediocrity. Now that, we've, now that we've all had our opportunity to quote Bill Simmons, the sports guy from ESPN, <laughs> I think we can move on. We've all successfully okay. quoted his articles about Isaiah Thomas. Yes, Isaiah Thomas has made some veiled threats against Bill Simmons because he, <laughs> he's seen the truth in the articles and he's gotten angry, but it's all already been said. Didn't know that. That's pretty cool. All right. The 13 yeah. and 26 Knicks, I might note, are actually one of the few worse teams in the NBA than the 14 and 25 Portland Trailblazers. So, booyah! Gotcha, Russ. Gotcha. I've been embarrassed for these guys uh, for years. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. It's uh, 2000. <laughs> so, did we ever get around to actually making Super Bowl predictions, or did we just sort of be like, you know, no, marital relations 101? No. It, it was mostly a Greg's Amini. That was the subject. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Well, my <laughs> prediction, my prediction um, is that the Steelers will win twenty-one to twenty in an extremely close game. That's my prediction. Is that on a missed extra point or on a uh, two field goals to one touchdown? I think it's going to be the two field goals to one touchdown. I think it's going to be more defensive than people might think. Mr. Clayton, uh, gotta go with uh, Seattle uh, forty-two, Pittsburgh. Um, 28. <laughs> okay. No one yeah. gets stopped. They're going to beat them by no 20 right. by 14 points. Okay. No one gets stopped. Got you. No one gets stopped. That's that's my prediction. Terrell. 28-24 no Seattle. 28-24 Seattle is my call. 28-24. I'm going to say Pittsburgh 31, Seattle 16. Yeah, there we go. A little strong, but I I'm I'm glad you're on board. Glad you're on board the steel curtain train. All year long, I've had the belief that Seattle has yet to play a real team. I just don't think they've beaten anybody of consequence at all. When they beat Carolina, they beat them with Carolina's like fifth string running back. Nick, I mean, Goings is terrible as it is, and then he got injured, and they brought in Robert Schmuck, whoever came in afterwards. So, Seattle's had a great season. They cruised through the absolute worst division in all of football. That what is that? The NFC South. The one that they're in? Or the West? West. I guess it's the West. It's, what is it, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals. And that's who they had to beat to win their division. They played those teams six times. They played a bunch of crap. They played the worst team in the playoffs in the first round, the Redskins. And they beat them handily because they're, you know, a halfway decent team, but they're not a Super Bowl team. Pittsburgh is going to eat them for lunch. Well, I don't, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Seattle and everything else. out of gas. No, that's no, <laughs> no, no, no. They're not out of gas. The one thing I'll say oh, yeah. about about Seattle is that I I do think that Seattle is a very well balanced team. But the one thing that's that I can say is that the Seahawks to me last week very much looked as if they felt like they had already won their Super Bowl. I mean, Hasselback was like, you know, it was wonderful to lift the NFC Trophy in front of our crowd, and we really feel, you know, we're so happy for the organization. I mean, it really felt to me like they were like, we've done what we needed to do, and we've gotten to the Super Bowl. And I think the Steelers, pretty much the first thing that anybody said was like, well, we haven't accomplished anything, and this is nice, but we need to win one more, or it's useless. Like, pretty much every player immediately said that. And I think it's just two different perspectives on the same game. I mean, Seattle's, you know, I think Seattle's got a great balance. They've obviously got a great running back. I like Hasselback a lot. I think their defense is better than advertised. But I really do think that Seattle is on a complete mission. And they're, I mean, sorry, that the Steelers are on a complete mission. And Steelers are a really good team. I mean, they are a really good team. They beat the number one, two, and three seed on the road in a row to get here. I mean, that is unheard of, including the supposedly unbeatable Colts. For those of you that care... Pittsburgh also did carry me to our fantasy football championship because I had both their defense and the kicker. Yep. And in fact, the biggest danger that I ran into in the playoffs was when Story with Jerome Bettis had Jerome Bettis put up like 30 crazy. points against my team. That's right. And so True. Pittsburgh by far carried me all the way through, and so I've got to stick with them right. because they did that. That's so. right. Plus Jerome Fair. Bettis is from Detroit. I might have won it all if you hadn't stopped me. And I had Sean Alexander, who was single-handedly my team all <laughs> Wait, year long. Wait, did you just say but you not, not in the playoffs? Did you just say you would have won it all if Russ hadn't won it all? <laughs> Is that more or less what you just said? What I said. <laughs> I would have won it all if Russ hadn't won it all. You by the Rumpus School of Enlightenment. <laughs> no, exactly. Hey, one thing he's the one who beat me, and I would have Next gone on to win. Must be true. <laughs> what the bleep I do all fantasy people know? That's very funny.
that they're making money off this too. That the movie actually generated way more revenue because it was, you know, a fairly cheap, crappily put together, crappy movie. But it struck a chord and people loved it and they made money and obviously enough money to make another one. And just gonna every time they show that movie, it's just like another percentage point chance that some idiot will have his life sucked away by living in Yelm for the next 30 years. Where the hell is really Yelm? Sad. I don't even know where Yelm is. It's a little town, I think, in uh, like the corner of Washington State. And uh, I've even read, going back, you know, after I did the thing, I started reading about the, the cult and about all the weird things that they did and how the town obviously is not a big fan of having this strange compound with very strange people wandering around right. every now and again. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh. And, uh, yeah, I read things about how, you know, like Jay-Z Knight, who is the... Uh, whatever, Master, Ramtha, Chandler, whatever, she would make weird proclamations every now and again, like, to gain uh, spiritual energy, you must eat Twinkies. And so these people would rush out into the convenience stores of Yelm, Washington, and buy up all the Twinkies off the shelves of every store in Yelm, Washington, <laughs> and eat them. And that's how, that's like how the, what the effect is on the town. It's like random weird shit happens, and people don't just hope that, you know, whatever, that the next proclamation doesn't affect their lives be like jim bunning on main street <laughs> is causing you trouble in manifesting a ball if you kill him you'll be better at it okay he's dead. <laughs> what did you just say you will oh, be better man. at manifesting balls than jim bunning <laughs> is that what you just said may have been a little too alliterative I, but yeah that was yeah, one of the things they tried to do impressive they try to manifest by the way, physical objects out of nothing yeah, I guess. that's one of the skills that's a skill baby it's all skill it's quantum mechanics oh. olympia and Mount Rainier, roughly halfway between Olympia, Washington, which is the capital, and at the bottom of the Puget Sound, and Mount Rainier. Are you near Olympia? <laughs> Do you know anyone in Mount Rainier? That's pretty funny. Shut up. Interesting. Yelm, Yelm Washington. Greg, Yelm. Well, my, you know, my, my, uh, some, a lot of my in-laws <laughs> live in Washington State. My father-in-law doesn't live that far from there, so uh, I have to ask him if he's ever stopped by Yelm, Washington. I don't think that would be his thing, but, you know, he drives to Olympia all the time, so... That's actually another small reason for my um, prediction of the Seahawks winning, is the role of the people in ah. Yelm levitating the Pittsburgh ah. team. That's true. They'll Be good. Uh, they'll clearly win. That's true. That's a good point. Ike, And Pittsburgh's only ability is to compensate with the thousand masked minds of steelworkers, um, you know, thinking that they want the Steelers to win, which means that little random consciousness generator thing way, can help her, you know. Speaking of steelworkers... <laughs> And I don't mean to be morbid, but oh does anyone think that another coal miner will ever get out of a coal mine alive? I mean, seriously, <laughs> how many people are going to work in coal mines? <sighs> this is like three in a row. And it begs the question, has this always been happening? And we've just had publicity to it, and the coal miner mortality rate has been like 10 a week for centuries, and then we're finally being like, oh, it's a news story. And now the whole nation... Working in a mine is in, an insanely dangerous job. Yep. Always. Yep. And it's just been the choice of, well, do you want to live in poverty or do you want to make $40,000 a year and work an insanely dangerous job? And these guys don't have many choices, and so that's what they pick. Well, but a right. lot of them even yeah. say... It's always I mean, been that awful. It's also a generational it's thing. Been, it's yeah. been that. It's been worse. I mean, it was worse. Mines used to collapse all the time. Yeah, it's true. At least they kind of know what they're doing now. But back in the day, I mean, they would... You would have daily parts of the mine would collapse on almost, you know, I don't know, daily, but very often it was it was much worse. It's true, and it, there's even a, it's also like a issue of like heredity. I mean, they actually talk about, you know, well, my father did it, and so this is what I want to do. And they basic a lot of people think that that guy who just got out of the coma, the one guy that survived, um, they think that when he recovers, he may even want to go back to the mine, which to me is just suicidal. But oh well, I guess that's what they can do. So it's important to a lot of these people to do it. I guess it's part of the culture. So then the question becomes, if this is the case, and I've known that, you know, it's not a surprise to me that coal mining is dangerous, but why suddenly the rash of media attention to all of these coal miners being trapped? What, what has changed in our populace that we need this at this time? It's been a slow news week. I think it's, it's gotten a lot safer, I think, recently, and so now it's shocking that it would go back to such levels. I mean, I think back in... Th oh, so you guys are saying, like, in 1890 it was bad, but then it got good again. I think up through the 50s, 60s it was bad. Yeah, I would find it hard okay. to believe that in the 50s you could get the same kind of national media coverage over the exact same thing. Gotcha. No, I mean, how could so you get national like media coverage at all? 
and now it's bad again. And that's well, no, you know, part of it too is that it does sort of highlight some bad problems that we have. And one of the big problems is, like, even in terms of the safety measures that they propose. Do you guys know that for years they've have not had wireless, you know, like communicators, wireless transponders that they could use to communicate with the surface? Wouldn't that be obvious? Like, they just use hard wiring that goes into the mine. And obviously, when a mine collapses, it has this big problem of taking hard wiring with it. So they've had, like, almost no wireless receivers okay, for years. Okay, rock in the way. Yeah, but wireless receivers... When you're in a hole in the rock, there's no place for the wireless to go, No, right? they, they say that... They, I mean, am I wrong about that? Yeah, but they say that... It's like being in a tunnel. Come on, Greg. You're a sciencey guy. You know how sound waves work. <laughs> Look, if he really just believed... I mean, I, I'm a, believed in it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> The hell, man. We're all sciencey guys. We really none of us know how satellites <laughs> yeah, work yeah, yeah. and how wireless devices work. We just look. If it bounces off coal, that absorbs because it's like uh, flammable or something. But you know, if you have like metal, then that would like achieve real good. Yes, this is not the place. If you're looking for the <laughs> enlightened science discussion podcast, that's somewhere that's else. Somewhere else on audio.com. Um, do not go here. They actually have wireless transmitters and stuff that they can put in there. You guys know that they're working on wiring the uh, subways in New York, like the actual cars, not just the stations, but the cars they're working on wiring right now. So, I mean, apparently it can be done underground. It just is, you know, a little bit of money. Everyone's stunned. True. <laughs> they're like, wow, <laughs> really? What? Subway? Oh my god! Where is this what? place, New York City? Ow. I've never heard of it before. How I've never been to be? New York City. This is, I'm just a simple emu what, farmer. This is magical Shangri-La. Now, let me sing my song. <laughs> ding, diddle, ding, diddle, oh, ding, god. Ding. Have you heard of the New York subway? No, I haven't either. I've only heard of emus because I'm from... They're giant flying beavers. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Giant flying beaver. I was speaking of songs. I know that we're like have a burgeoning, a burgeoning uh, subscriber-filled audience. Yes. And I just want to remind them one more time that if they think that we're worthy, they should go to podcastalley.com and vote for us. And I will make a pledge that every vote, or you know, until it becomes intolerable, I'll do this until people tell me to stop. About that. How about that? <laughs> for a while, provisionally, occasionally, if when necessary. I feel like it, and definitely if. Only if it's entertaining, for sure. If it's not, then forget right. it. I will sing the theme song. I don't know why. I think it's funny that I'm going to sing the emu theme song, uh, Queen's theme song to the show Highlander, every time we get a new vote on podcast. I thought we were supposed so to. Anytime you vote for us. I thought we were supposed to make more people want to do what this. What we're supposed to want. Yes, I told you. As long as all these conditions are met and <laughs> okay. it's entertaining and people don't seem to hate it, I will sing the following song. Song as sung by people? Queen. Yes, in fact, once we all Did learn the song, it? we should all sing it together every time oh, no, we vote for us at podcastalley.com. That seems to hate that it. Votes? That votes? Oh, that hates that's it? That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. We'll take separate talent. Okay. All right, and that's it. I'm not going right. to sing. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Here we Go are, ahead. born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. Burn, I am an emu. Inside me is a flightless bird. I have no rivals. My podcast does not suck so. That's all I've got so far. And then an electric guitar riff. <laughs> I like how well that you just snapped out of that. That was awesome. Phenomenal. All right. That was uh, very... Okay. Impressive. <laughs> Clearly, we need about seven votes going in the next. Week. I know to be actually get make this it. happen. So let's make this happen. We uh, we should remind everyone too that uh, the best way to get in contact with us is to email one I of feel us. Like we're doing a pledge drive at metreport.com. I know. And if you'd like this tote bag, all you need to do is send seven hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> and exactly. pledge for the next five years. Woo. Can someone explain to me, and by the way? At the uh, could put us on Amazon.com front page level. We have an actual live email I know, that we can send to you. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey. Oh, you're not busy right now. Can you imagine if we sent someone a live emu egg? How sweet would that be?
Yes, that's that's at getting us at the front page of any other website that's at least in the top 500 on Alexa. Sure. That's the emu, the pre-emu package. We'll give you the pre-emu. That would at least, or pre-emu. At least that would get us on the uh, endangered species violator websites. <laughs> We'd be known as the poaching There you go, podcast. and that controversy would be phenomenal. <laughs> It'd be great for ratings. Are you telling me that emu yeah, were an endangered species? Okay. What is the plural of emu, no, by the way? I was going to say, that emus are emo? like farmed Emum? for their glands. Uh, <laughs> e- emus, emus are farmed for their glands. I don't think they're endangered. But what are their? They're, you can buy emu oil, tragically made from if former you emus. You are an emu gland farmer. Write to us. <laughs> the it's the ultimate crossover. We appeal to every <laughs> segment. What is the plural of emu? Oh man! Is it like emi? Emu. Emus. That's boring. Okay. E- Greg, emo. I I want to know for the record. Everyone pause. The English professor is asking us how to pluralize <laughs> emu. Yes. He is a professor. If you would like to apply to St. John's University for fine English education. Please please yeah. first communicate uh, yeah. words that matter to be made plural. Now following a list of other things that saying, nobody knows about. Oh, just because Shakespeare didn't write about emus, they don't matter? What if Shakespeare had been in Australia? What if he had committed a crime? and been shipped to a place that wouldn't be a penal colony for two or four hundred more years. I told you about Shakespeare. <laughs> well, I mean... He was a playwright with one ear. No, that was Van Gogh. There is that untranslated <laughs> manuscript as you emu it, as opposed to as you like it. I'll get working on that right away. <laughs> I can bet. Emuicus pluralicus historicus. There you go. Uh, reverbicate. Yeah, Who's starting the reverbicate? Somebody's <laughs> reverberating again. <laughs> the other, the other benefit of... Uh, yeah, we actually now have to play the song as an outro, or I'm just going to look like a freaking lunatic for <laughs> singing We can't. It's illegal. <laughs> it different. just wouldn't be fair. It just isn't Damn. fair. Can't do it. It's it just not wouldn't fair. be fair. It's not I fair. I forgot. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, oh, sorry. That's right. I know. Although we have 19 unfair broadcasts on the on the audio website. No, we don't. Don't tell them. Those were all approved. <laughs> no, not at all. They're all very fair. <laughs> They're all approved. It's actually the uh, <laughs> the bouncing crows <laughs> that recorded those. Yeah. That's right. cover It's from their album. To you by fair use. It's from their album July and everything because after. So. Um, has such great f- phrases as uh, Mr. James. It's true. Mr. James. And and you, you know, things like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell each other, indeed. Uh, well, and we stare at attractive ladies. She's looking at him. I don't think so. She's glaring at you <laughs> in the spotlight. Words that sound almost like bought myself a brand new cello. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah! and blue and green. We want to apologize for getting rid of our old theme, but we RIA has insisted upon it, and hopefully someday, when things have become good again, we will be able to use that theme. But in the meantime, we like our new theme, too, by Grasshopper Taker called Omaha, and we're just about ready to go into that outro, gentlemen, because um, we've actually reached that time. We've reached another hour of the MepReport podcast, hard as it may be to believe it's actually happened again. Until the RIA allows it. I will sing my own personal cover of Old Man Emu because it is now my new favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> Do it now I while insist. Story ding, reads ding, the credits. Ding, ding, this is the credits. Story, these are your credits. Right. Story, read the credits, um, and I will sing Old Man Emu in the back. What style am I doing? What, what style am I in doing? The style so of, um, style. Right. In, in the, the style of Rasheed Wallace. In the style of Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace. Oh, yeah. no. And Kobe Bryant. All right, read I, it in the style of the Rasheed. And Kobe Bryant. And for an Atlantean ancient warrior. Okay. Excellent. Sounds good. The map report is a very modern thing, but it too can make you levitate yourself in the air. First, deposit $500 to hear the next thing. If you want to know who the marketing director of the map report is, you must deposit $2,000 and watch all of our movies. Then, you will be able to shoot lasers out of your eyes at emus and other things. Oh, God. This will be very entertaining to your friends and be known as a party trick. <laughs> not that you will be invited to any parties because you will not have any friends outside of our cult. It's going to be excellent. If you want to know where the map report is hosted, you have to use your mind, your inner mind. 
What's your outer mind? Deposit $12,000. What's my outer mind? <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Take a look, it'll prove to you. I ran the pace of that kangaroo, but I don't do. Take a look, it'll prove to you. He ran the pace of the kangaroo. You can't loop the loot like a cockatoo. Swoop and toss like an albatross. Silly galar, I'm better by far than a white cockatoo or a badgery gar. They squeak and squawk and try and talk. Well, I mean, them's like cheese and chalk. But I don't do. He can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo. Well, the dingo came around one day. Um, hey there, emu, you want to play? Um, but the emu was too smart for him. <laughs> Walked right up and kicked him in the shin. He can't fly, but I'm telling you, we can run the pants of a dingo too. Oh, yeah, but he had to kick me in the shin first. Well, the last time I saw old man he knew him better He was chasing a female he knew him better As he shot past, I heard him say, She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pits of a kangaroo, but I don't She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pits of a kangaroo. Well, there is a moral to this ditty, um, better da 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 da. Thrush can sing, but he ain't pretty, um, better da 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 da. Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. Emu can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pits on the kangaroo. Well, the kookaburra laughed and he said, It's true, um, better da 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 da. Ah, 